Hi there and welcome to another edition of the Money Minutes. I'm Ross Greenwood and of course uh, over the past couple of days we've seen more economic news coming out of this post-COVID-19 environment Uh, and in particular it's not good news. Australia in recession for the very first time uh, since the early 1990s. So uh, the best part of 28 years Australia has gone without a recession. This one of course is not a typical recession. It's not a financial recession. It is more of a uh, a virus-led recession that subsequently hurt the economy uh, as a result of the lockdowns and therefore economic activity and unemployment uh, really starting to to bite and to hurt. Uh, So now the government is putting in place its own measures, more measures, to try and kickstart the Australian economy. The the, the point, as I've always made here on this podcast series, is is what the government's doing enough? And really, does the government have the capacity to continue to support the economy until really things do pick up and become normal again? Let's start, however, with the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, admitting after those economic growth numbers, the GDP numbers came out uh, for the previous quarter, that was yesterday, uh, and admitting that even the June quarter numbers are going to be worse. Here's the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg. The June quarter the economic impact will be severe, far more severe than what we have seen today. That's what Treasury's advice to me is. Is Australia in recession today? Well, the answer to that uh, is yes, Uh, and that is on the basis of the advice that I have from uh, from the Treasury Department about where the June quarter is expected to be. Now, that question in the middle there was asked by Mark Riley, the political chief political reporter for the Seven Network. Are we in recession now? And Josh Frydenberg had to admit, yes, we are. Normally, treasurers don't like to admit recessions quite clearly or even the risk or threat of recession. They're worried about the impact that it might have on confidence in the community. Uh, but if you go and have a look, say, for example, at today's retail trade numbers, um, significantly down 17.7%, the retail trade numbers, uh, as a result of people, A, not getting out and around the place, and, and B, not shopping in the same way that they did previously. Um, but what you're also starting to see is a rebound that's coming even in this current quarter, uh, that you have got people as soon as they're out and about and not able to spend money on international holidays, they're already starting to plan interstate holidays when the economy starts to pick up. Uh, But also on top of that, even anecdotal evidence suggests that new car sales have also started to improve significantly as people have thought, well, we're here at home now, we might as well start picking. So my suggestion is over the coming months, you might even start to see a rebound in those retail sales numbers. But that really is not enough to get the whole whole Australian economy going. But there's also contradictory information that comes through with this because, say, for example, today, Australia saw a record trade surplus of $8.8 billion. In other words, we're selling more to the world than what we're buying from the world. So a record trade surplus says everything about the demand for iron ore that we have uh, talked about in recent times. It's all, say, Fortescue shares go above $13 for the very first time. Consider in the depths of the aftermath of the global financial crisis, uh, when iron ore prices collapsed down below $30 US a tonne, that there was really some consideration as to whether Fortescue's could survive. Uh, And indeed, it had to refinance its debts, uh, reorganise its operations. But now, um, you know, happy days are here again. Now, the reason why Fortescue shares have risen, as I've said before here, is the reason why the Australian dollar has approached 70 US cents. 
While you've got a situation that Australia's economy is comparatively stronger to those overseas, and while we have record trade surpluses, notwithstanding all the other economic indicators that suggest things are still not good, say, for example, in tourism, in hospitality, these areas will take time to recover. But the fact is that Australia comparatively is very strong right now. Some are even suggesting that the Australian dollar could get back to one US dollar. But the real handbrake on this is really what happens in the rest of the world. The old expression was, if the US sneezes, Australia catches cold. But it's not just the US right now. It's what happens inside China, whether China has the capacity and the willingness to continue to stimulate its economy to try and get through the coronavirus crisis from an economic standpoint. From the United States, where clearly the riots that have taken place, which have been difficult to to see, show an economy significantly divided politically, but also you suggest even from a, a perception of the welfare point of view of the community. Now, that taking place in the United States cannot be, could not be good for the US economy. It has to dent confidence, and that in turn has an impact on Australia. Because clearly that we are affected by what takes place in the rest of the world. So the recovery may not be as strong here as what many anticipate. Just to pick up a little sense of this, here is the Deloitte Access Economics Chief Economist, Chris Richardson, talking to Chris Kenny on Sky News. And there's two sets of problems there. It says the world economy uh, will be much sicker than the Australian economy. That will hurt us. You know, we trade with the... Uh, the world, and that's going to have an impact here. But it has a double impact because we've done better against the virus than most other nations uh, around the world. That also says we have to be more careful as we open international borders. Uh, And so it's going to be some time before we have the tourists, uh, before we have the students, uh, before we have the migrants. So, uh, you know, even as uh, eight states and territories go through their three stages of opening up, you know, even after all that, Uh, there will still be an ongoing challenge for the Australian economy. So Australia is affected, almost that double whammy Chris Richardson talks about. And what we've been talking about here is you can't imagine that what you're seeing in front of your eyes right now is the reality of what's taking place in the economy overall. Now, a few small things that came out of yesterday's national accounts numbers. Say, for example, the one that I always look at is the household savings ratio. Now, normally, if you'd expect people are unemployed, people are doing it tough, the people would save less because they'd be spending their savings. Conversely, on the other side, when people become very defensive and they stay at home, they tend to save more money. And so as a result, the household savings ratio over that past quarter to the end of uh, March or to the end of March was really up by 5.5%. So, you know, it really is going to be interesting to watch and see what takes place in this next period. The other one also is that social assistance benefits during that same period, as people went on to the uh, coronavirus JobKeeper supplements and the JobSeeker supplements, um, up by 6.2%. So more Australians are now reliant on the government than ever before. So all of these things are now suggesting that really it's a case whereby people are, are, are struggling, people are relying on government, and that's the reason why the government may not be able to end that assistance. And of course, it can't necessarily hand out money to every Australian business, although there is one Australian sector that has been handed out money, and that is the building and construction sector. 
And so as a result, these new $25,000 building grants for either new homes being built and developed or indeed renovations to existing homes, genuine renovations, is being heralded by the building industry as a real sort of, if you like, nirvana for them. Now, consider here that the home building industry thought it would be building 171,000 homes this year before coronavirus now suggesting that that will be down to 111,000 homes. And what the hope is that this new supplement that the government is going to hand out, $25,000, will generate not only the activity, but also the jobs that will stop one of our most important employment areas from being dragged under. Because bear in mind that, say, for example, anybody who loses a job then starts to struggle to pay a mortgage, uh, struggles to start, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to really survive financially. And of course, he's not paying tax back to the government. So these are the issues that really confront Australia today. The whole point about Australia right now is you've got a situation that is almost a bit peculiar. The dollar is rising. That, that suggests confidence. The stock market is rising very strongly. Now not in bear market territory anymore because it's less than 20% down from its peaks. Now that's odd. So you've got these suggestions that really Australia is rebounding very, very quickly. I just get a sense, however, that, well, maybe they've got ahead of themselves, particularly the stock market here and around the world. There is more hurt coming down the track. You've got to be conscious of that. But by the same token, there are also plenty of opportunities out there for those who are stable in their incomes, stable in their assets, and who have the cash on hand to be able to take advantage when really some of these opportunities do arise. Stay in touch. Let me know what you think about the podcast. As always, and we'll talk soon. I'm Ross Green.